Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. I'm asking God that you would help me stay focused in what I need to say here and help me to stay on track and to say what I need to say. Help me not to say anything I don't need to say, God. And when I say what I need to say, God, help me to say it in the right tone of voice. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been going through, in the last several weeks and months, we started out our journey in Exodus, out of Egypt, into the wilderness, and and talking about our journey. And so a couple of weeks ago, we came to the point where children of Israel were at at Mount Sinai, and then we crossed over and we started looking in Matthew chapter 5 and paralleling that moment there at Mount Sinai with Jesus's Sermon on the Mount and the comparisons. We talked about things about how Jesus was baptized and then led out into the wilderness for 40 days by the Holy Spirit, where he was tempted in the wilderness. And then we talked about how Paul in Corinthians had referred back to the story of Exodus about how the journey through the Red Sea was a type of baptism and how the Spirit of Christ had led the children of Israel through the wilderness and talking about those different comparisons. So we started in Matthew chapter 5 on the Beatitudes and laying a foundation. Jesus was beginning to talk about this is the new covenant. This is the new agreement, contract between God and his children and his people. And that parallels back to Exodus. And so today what I want to do is I'm not going to go line by line through the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to go subject by subject or period by period. But there are certain things that I do want to stop on and and I want to address as we're going. In Exodus, if you're taking notes, you can make a note of this and you can look at this again later. In Exodus chapter 20, which is where we had left off there, in chapters 20 through 23, God is telling them how he expects them to handle themselves. That's where, where it speaks about the Ten Commandments and the law and what's expected. And so God is telling them, listen, this is how I expect our relationship, the relationship between you and me to be, how you are to see me, how you are to treat the people around you, and how you are to handle your possessions. Now remember, going back to the beginning in the garden, we talked about the three categories of needs. Significance, security, and relationships. All of the things going from the Ten Commandments through the law and the different rules and regulations, they all address how we handle our needs, how we meet our needs. God has boundaries and guidelines concerning those things, and so he lays them out. He he talks about relationships. He talks about your neighbor, about your possessions, and all that in Exodus chapter 20 through 23. Then if you go back to Matthew chapter 25, and you begin to look, remember we were talking about, we had gone through the Beatitudes, we talked about that a little bit, We talked about being salt and light, and we looked at what God saw there. But then the rest of Matthew chapter 5 talks about, on a more deeper level, in the past, it was about rules and regulations of your outward behavior. That's what the Ten Commandments are about and what the law was about. It was about your outward behavior. 
concerning your relationships and your possessions and your relationship with God. But now Jesus talks in chapter 5 and he says, listen, it goes much deeper than your outward behavior. Now, under the new covenant, it's about your inward behavior. What's going on on the inside? And so as an example, he says, you've heard that it's against the law to commit murder. You shouldn't murder people. But I'm telling you that if you hate someone without a cause, if you're angry with someone without a cause, then you've committed murder in your heart. So he puts it into, into a deeper context. But it's a parallel. He's establishing in chapter 5, he's establishing this is the beginning on how I expect you to handle your relationship with the people around you, your possessions, and what's going on on the inside of you. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, he says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Does that sound familiar? Remember in the beginning of all of this, God said that if you keep my covenant and obey my voice, you will be a special people. And he says, do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. This is where Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, when Paul is talking about the spirit of Christ led the children of Israel through the wilderness. This says here, my name is in him. This is God saying, this is part of the Trinity. Okay, my name is in him. In other words, this is me. And it's his spirit, his presence that is leading them. Does that sound familiar with the way we are supposed to be today? So you can see the parallel. Now, if you think back to the story of Jesus in earlier in Matthew, after he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down on him and the spirit led him into the wilderness. And I'm trying to show you this parallel between the old and the new and where we're supposed to be walking. God goes on to talk about how the angel is going to watch over you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to uh, protect you. He's going to take care of your enemies and keep you safe. And it goes on more about specifically with the children of Israel there. Going on in the book of Exodus in chapter 24, the children of Israel confirm the agreement of the covenant. Now they're saying yes. We agree to all of this. We understand, God, how we're supposed to interact with you. We understand, God, how we're supposed to interact with the people around us, how we're supposed to maintain ourselves, and how we're supposed to handle our possessions. But that all deals with outward actions. But so once they agree to it and it's set, okay, this is we agree to the contract, it's a deal. So then Moses heads back up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Once again, we're back to the parallels of Jesus heading into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Again, I'm just giving you an overview of all this. Maybe one day we'll come back and we'll visit each particular thing of what this means. What God does with Moses during that 40 days, he actually gives him the tablets then, and but he also sets out 
what the tabernacle is supposed to look like. And he begins to describe the things in the tabernacle. And he begins to describe the tools and the implements that these people will use and the, the process in which they will worship God. Because the tabernacle is going to be the new abode or the new resting place of God's presence on earth as they're traveling. In chapter 5, Jesus was talking about the inward ways, the attitude that we have as far as meeting our needs. Now in chapter 6, he begins to talk about, okay, now this is how you are to worship me. So you can see they're running in parallel. And I'm just going to touch on a few things. Like the first thing that God says is, hey, listen, you need to be doing good works, but don't do it so that other people can see you. Do it for me. Something that I've been noticing as I've been studying different things is this ongoing theme in the Old and New Testament that he instructs us as believers or his followers to take care of the poor and the needy, the orphans and the widows. And there's a reason why he does that. He doesn't do that, commands us to do that, to give us something to do for fun. He does that because he knows that the poor people who are without him are defenseless. They don't stand a chance. They're hopeless. And he loves them. And that's why he put a mandate on us to take care of them. He talks about this group of people when Jesus says, you, you had me there and you didn't take care of me. You didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. And people say, what do you mean? When did we have you and we didn't do all this? And he says, all the poor people around you that you didn't take care of, that was you not taking care of me. But for the people who did take care of the poor, the needy, the orphans, the widows, the people who need a place to overcome the hardship of their lives. For the people who take care of them, that's as if we're taking care of Jesus himself, if we're doing it with the right attitude that he talks about. You guys all know the Lord's Prayer. The disciples had asked Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus is saying, listen, don't be like these people who say all this stuff. They say all these vain words of repetition, and they're doing all these ritualistic prayers, and they're doing all this stuff trying to get me to think that they're great and wonderful, so I'll answer their prayers. Listen, just do this to the Father. Just do this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And I know we say the serenity prayer many times, but in, in other recovery groups they say the Lord's Prayer. is because it gives a model on how to live life. And I want to point out one thing in particular. We're talking about the kingdom, and that's why we're doing this. We're talking about walking in the kingdom of God. And he, he says here, you should be asking God that his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, in the natural as it is in the spiritual realm. But then he says, give us this day our daily bread. This line right here addresses every aspect of our lives. This is important, and this is why Jesus told us to do this. Because if we can live our lives... With this idea, give us this day our daily bread. 
Give us this day our daily bread. He's not just talking about, he's talking about every aspect of our life. And then as he goes on throughout the rest of chapter 6, he's talking about our perception of who God is and his perception of who we are and how that should be. And it goes back down at the end of chapter 6. It confirms this, what I was saying. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow or reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the foundation of dwelling in the kingdom of God. If God is our king and we are his subjects, then he will take care of us in every aspect of our lives. We go back to the garden. On our wilderness journey, we learn to trust in God. We learn to trust that he will take care of us. And that's what this is talking about. God, thank you for tonight. And thank you for that you are taking care of us. Thank you, God, that you love us. You care about us. You want good things for us. I'm asking that you be with us in the days and the weeks ahead. God, all the seeds that were planted today, I'm asking that you would water them and help them to grow. Help us to hold on to the things that you've talked to us about. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.